You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. How's it going, Chiefs Kingdom? And welcome to episode 85 of the Great British Chiefs Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Cox, and now our headlines editor, Tom Childs. The Chiefs go 4-1 and one in the season after a gutsy victory against the Minnesota Vikings. We'll review that game as well as bringing you the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings update from Tom before we take our first look at the Chiefs' Week 6 opponents and AFC West rivals, the Denver Broncos. But first... Vikings football at the Kansas City 24-yard line. Jamari Connor out there showing blitz to the right side of Kirk Cousins, who takes the snap. She's selling out, and Cousins gets rid of the ball. The ball floats in the air. It'll be incomplete, and Kansas City holds on downs. But it's going to be the Chiefs football. The pass was tipped. Is there a flag thrown? There is. But was the pass tipped? For there is Con- no foul for passing the turn. Chiefs hold on downs. The receiver has no idea where the ball is. He's not even making a play on the ball. So how do you negate or add a penalty to the luxurious knee when no one knows where the ball is? So the Chiefs' evil empire marches on as the rest of the NFL seems perilous to stop the officials favoring the Chiefs giving them free points, phantom calls, and making opposing teams forget how to play ball. How can the Galaxy stop Darth Reed, his young apprentice, and his army of <laughs> stormtroopers, Tom? <laughs> are you, are you, are you on board with all of this? Like, you know, we're all, with now the evil empire of the NFL. We get everything. Do you know, Bradley, I love you so much. I genuinely do. You brought Star Wars into the podcast. I love, honestly... Any I'm looking at you with heart, eye, heart eyes emojis right now. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Did you say stormtroopers? Not yeah. stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. Oh, stormtroopers. Right, okay. <laughs> right. I'm with... Ah, I get you. <laughs> I, I just thought you were calling, I don't know, Travis Kelsey a, a stormtrooper. Like <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, what did you ask me again? I've forgotten. Actually, are you on board with this evil empire thing that, that, that a lot of NFL fan bases now are all pretty much calling oh, it? Right. Almost like the next Patriots, the evil empire that we get every single call all our way. The officials love us. They kiss our asses. It's it's wonderful, isn't it? Feed me more. Give it all to me. Just, just keep it coming, losers. Um, I mean... <laughs> This all stemmed from them taking the flag off the field for the pass interference. It definitely wasn't pass interference against yes. the Jerry Sneed, right? Yeah, yeah. That, this, and then, they, and then that, what, 
what what fans do now is as soon as they find a call that really goes against them at the end of a game, right? They just use they that one. Screenshot and everything that happened during the game, where everything else is like a non-call or it was a bad yeah. call against their team, but nobody else. Like genuinely, is that the only gripe though that the Vikings had? At that time, like I didn't hear anything about refs or see anything about refs before that call. No, and then that call happened, then didn't happen, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs are dirty cheats and they're they're paying the refs bungs all of a sudden. Like yeah. I just I don't understand it at all. We've had it what how many weeks now? Is it two or three weeks in a row that we've had people fans yeah. of other teams? We've had people like Florio, who's a kid, uh, coming out saying stuff like the Chiefs are favoured by the refs or whatnot. I just, I I don't get it. Like, I, for me, I see a lot of yellow cloth on the field and see a lot of penalties going against the Chiefs. Yeah. Like, was it not like three weeks ago that Juwan Taylor had five penalties in one game? Like, <laughs> if, if the Chiefs are paying the refs money, they need to get their f***ing money back. Like, <laughs> because they're taking the piss. <laughs> if they are paying them money, I just, I don't get it. It's this loser mentality from team. Like we used to do it. Yeah, we, we used to be those we losers did. when we were a bad team. We used to blame the refs. Yeah. Like we used to blame the refs for the fact that the Chiefs couldn't beat the Steelers when they didn't score a single touchdown in a playoff game because <laughs> Eric Fisher held someone. We were those guys blaming the refs. Yeah. We never looked internally. It wasn't our fault. It was the refs' fault. We definitely lost that game because of the refs. It wasn't our team not scoring we, more than the other team, was it? We definitely lost the AFC Championship game to the Patriots because Chris Jones had a was it rough in the passer. Rough in the passer. Had nothing yeah. to do with the fact that the Chiefs didn't score an offensive touchdown in the first half or nothing to do with the fact that D Ford was actually lined off offside. It had nothing to do with that. We blame the rest for that, of course, because we lost. That's why we blame the rest. It's not until, it's not until you make that transition into winners like the Chiefs are, serial winners, that you actually realise you just sound like a moron if you're consistently complaining about the refs. Totally winning and winning and winning again. Yeah. And I saw a lot of it from Sunday's game as well. People complaining about the referees in the Jags-Bills games. Well, they're not the B.O. and Endo. At the end of the day, players get enough opportunities to win games on this by themselves without having to go to the rest or use the rest excuse yes the refs do blow calls now and then of course they do but they're not the reason why the vikings lost that game on sunday they're not the reason why the the jets lost the game the week before the reason why they lost the game the week before is because there was multiple other occasions on during that game that they were frankly terrible yeah and until fans can learn to deal with that then I think the Chiefs are going to consistently be accused of paying the refs, especially if the Chiefs aren't blowing teams out. Like no one talked about the refs calls when the Chiefs absolutely battered the Bears. We're going to win so much. No one was blaming the refs there. But if it's a close game and mm. the Chiefs get a call or something favourable happens their way, the Chiefs are going to straight away be accused of... We're not accused of bribing the refs. I don't think the Chiefs are accused of that. But no. more so, the refs in the NFL are accused of favouring the Chiefs, favouring Patrick Mahomes. And to be honest, if that makes us the bad guy, then I am all here for it because everyone hates the bad guys. But 
bad guys in sports typically tend to win. I don't care what they say in Missouri. We're going to keep winning and winning and winning. And win- so not in, not in movies. In movies, bad guys always seem to get found out. Yeah. By the way, quick sidetrack. Not enough bad people win in films. Do you no, agree? they don't. It's a good point, actually. Yeah. Like, imagine if that. Thanos... Yeah, picked his fingers, destroyed half the world, and there was never another Avengers film. How cool would that be? Yeah, I'd, do you know what? I feel like that should have ended right there and then. I thought, what a great movie that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Endgame, Endgame. Yeah, okay, the goodies won, but you're like, eh. you don't. I don't. I'm not enough. Like, something. <laughs> yeah, like like Deep Impact. Reason why I see say Deep Impact is a better film than Armageddon. Right? Yeah. They both come out in like the same two year span. So, for whatever reason, it happened to be two films about comets and asteroids coming to destroy the, destroy the Earth. There's, there hasn't been a good one since. Oh, actually, there was a pretty good one with Gerald Butler a few years ago. I can't remember. I think it might have been called Greenland. Good film. Look out. Yeah. But anyways, uh, but yeah, Deep Impact and Armageddon, hand in hand. The reason why I always say that Deep Impact is a better film than Armageddon, and I know people saying, yeah, but what about the drama? You've got Aerosmith, you've got Ben Affleck in Armageddon, yeah. you've got Bruce Willis. And I get it, I get it, I get it. But Deep Impact is definitely a better film because a lot of people die. What did he say? And the comet actually hits. Oh, my God, John. <laughs> like, And I just think that Hollywood, like they're going through these, these talks about pay and stuff like that at the moment so they can start producing films again. They need to start embracing like the bad side of storytelling and we need more like bad people like winning. Yeah. Like every now and then, and that's what happens. Is you do, you do, you need, you need, you need the bad guys in films to win every now and then. Like I'm trying to think of a re- what would be a really good example of a bad. I don't know. I haven't seen the Barbie movie, but what if it's not all sunshines and roses for Barbie and Ken at the end of the film? Yeah. What if Ken wins? What if, it don't... <laughs> what if Ken wins? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We sidetracked too much. Anyways, we sidetracked too much. But anyways, in sport, there is, there is, there's not enough of bad guys winning in films but bad guys do win in sports so as long as the Chiefs I got there eventually as long as the Chiefs <laughs> say it as the bad guys then I'm happy and that was probably the longest explanation of why I'm happy the Chiefs are getting West Scores. the longest tedious link I've ever ever heard you mention here was it tedious though now because yeah. everyone's listening to this and going ah <laughs> bad guys do win in films this guy's yeah. on something <laughs> But this is it, though. We don't obviously necessarily see ourselves as the bad guys because we're just watching a game and we're thinking, oh, a fair one. We've got a call there, which, you know, that that last call, that phantom call. There is no way in hell you react like that to referees. <laughs> well, no, when he threw it, oh, I thought, what's he doing that for? He's nowhere, he's nowhere near the ball. So I was kicking yeah. off at that point and then they picked it up and I thought, oh, a fair one. You know, that's, you know, they got it right. <laughs> Excellent. Great. Um, the one thing that did, obviously did kind of knock a lot of people was the Sneed taking off his... Is his helmet? Yeah, but you're talking about 15 yards. It wouldn't have made a difference. It's not. It's not like the ball exactly. was in play. Exactly. If the ball was in play and he took his helmet off. Then that would have been a penalty that would have led to a first down for the Vikings. But there was yeah. already the turnover on downs. Him taking off his helmet just knocks the Chiefs back 15 yards yeah. when they when they get the ball or half the distance to a goal, whatever. But that doesn't have an effect on possession of the football at that point. Nope. It's just a little bit of field position. So if people want to kick off about that, be my guest. Like, okay, yeah, you're it's right. Well done. Cool. You should have got that call. It's you not gain that extra seven yards you or whatever. Like, yeah, well, it's not just that though. I mean, the Chiefs obviously we we gave away ten penalties compared to the Vikings, what, five? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and there was a drive, particular a particular drive earlier in the game where it was like three or four flags on yeah. the Chiefs, like constantly yeah. straight away. And that, that got them down to the ten the ten yard line, the Chiefs ten line, yeah. ten yard line. So the Vikings had an opportunity to score a touchdown right there as well. Yeah. So I'd you know, much rather the Chiefs cheat and yeah. not give up a touchdown than just let a guy run run over. Like we saw it on Monday Night Football with Marcus Peters. Like oh, Christian God. Watson, <laughs> Christian Watson beats beats Marcus Peters. Yeah, and then Marcus Peters catches up, and people are saying, "Oh, Marcus Peters done a horse, uh, horse collar tackle, blah blah," because that's all he could do. No, Marcus Peters done a horse collar tackle because he's too scared to tackle properly. We all know this from his time in Kansas City <laughs> that that man is contact shy. <laughs> but no, in serious, you know, in all seriousness, him having that horse collar tackle. Well, fair play. All he's doing is live to fight another day. I'd much rather a Chiefs defender have a hold against a receiver than get beat over the top. Like when the Chiefs play um, Miami, if they have a, if a DB finds himself in an unfortunate position against Tyreek Hill, yeah. you better believe I want that defender just to pull on him a little bit, try and slow him down, maybe a little bit of pass interference, because I'd much rather that than the end result of a touchdown of play. Whilst the NFL refuses to punish these type of plays properly, like the Marcus Peters one, what was it, a 15-yard penalty? Well, it wasn't even that. It was a half the distance half to the distance goal. The goal. He was near the so goal. It broke down to be a five-yard penalty, and then they got to live for another down, and then they turned the ball over, two, was it two plays after that? Yeah. And they didn't concede a point. If It's a heads-up play. And so if the NFL aren't going to punish that accordingly, then the, you should absolutely absolutely do that. So the amount of penalties the Chiefs get, I'm absolutely fine with you. Yeah, keep penalising us because, yes, we need to clear it up a little bit and you don't want penalties on the offensive side of the ball, of course. Mm. But defensive, if the alternative is them scoring a touchdown, give me those yellow flags all day long because the NFL, right, for whatever reason, haven't put a severe enough punishment on those yeah. type of penalties until it's, they do. It's similar in soccer slash football, isn't it? Like like what you said, if you're the last defender, the opposition's forwards on on he's on course for scoring a goal. Basically, he's outside the box. You hack yeah. him down, don't you? Yeah, you stop absolutely. That opportunity. You, you, you take your red card. Red card. You take you take your red card. You're ejected from the from the game, but you, your team hasn't hasn't gone a goal down. Yeah, and that's what the NFL should do. Like in that situation, the Marcus Peters one. I know people are talking about like clear path, like they do in the NBA, where they would give points, and they I think they have similar in rugby as well where they give tries in that exact scenario if someone does an illegal tackle. I don't think you should necessarily do that in the NFL. I'm not really, at the end of the day, you haven't scored the touchdown. You haven't put that ball over the over the line. You're not in the end zone. So you yeah. shouldn't get the points for that. But there should absolutely be a punishment on the defender that's far more severe than half the distance of a goal or a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. The, the, the penalty does need to be more severe. And I do think they should be ejected in that instance. I do feel like in that exact scenario we saw last night Marcus, or Monday with uh, Marcus Peters, that should have been an ejection. But the rule book as it stands doesn't allow for that to be an ejection. I do think it will be something they look at going forward. Yeah. And they will eject players. But at the end of the day, it's not like soccer slash football. You get sent off in that, your team are a man down the rest mm. of the game. In American football... The only person that gets punished, really, yeah, your team loses out a little bit, but the only person that gets punished, really, is yourself. Yeah. You're not playing the game. They're still allowed to send a replacement. Yeah. So if they are going to introduce that rule and the Chiefs ever do find themselves in that situation, yes, do exactly what Marcus Peters did. As long as you don't endanger the op your opponent too much. But yeah, if you're in a situation where you can stop someone from scoring points, do it. 
you know, you, you just touched on something there that I thought, oh my God, that would change the whole course of the NFL. If, like you said, Marcus Peters did that horse collar, yeah? Yeah. They eject him and that position cannot be filled for the rest of the no, game. No, you can't do that. He's... I was saying, can you imagine, imagine that? <laughs> no, like, I don't think there would be, I don't think there's any one sport, maybe outside of what? Basketball. Yeah. Where a man advantage would make so much of a difference. I mean, ice hockey, they you kind get of to, have a bit of it. You'd, 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 you'd get to run against a, a lighter box or have open men on the outside. Like you just... Or for the next play, you're down that position. You're down one position. I don't know. That would be good. I, I think we should we should put that forward. Introducing power plays into American football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, well, the officials will just give us all, all of them to us anyway, wouldn't they? So it's... it's exactly. It's great. It's great for us. I'll play City. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was going to go through the rest of the game and the, and the comments and stuff, but that seemed to be the main thing that stuck out in this game was, you know, all of this around the, the officials giving the Chiefs all of the calls and all of the, you know, all of the ability to go and win the game because they haven't got like the greatest quarterback and the greatest tight end to play the game so far. Mm. That's the thing that's getting me, getting not it's not getting to me. I, I'm I'm relishing in the fact that the fan bases really are disliking the Chiefs right now because it clearly shows, as you said, we're doing something right. We're clearly winning games. We are making sure that we are closing out games, and sometimes the chips are falling in our favor more often now than they ever have been. I'll I'll admit that, but we've gone through some shit over the years where I mean. We all know, um, you know, obviously the roof in the passer, we've had that. We've even had the Jeff Triplet, you know, he threw a flag on. There's all of that. There's, I mean, there's, there's probably a list a mile long where the Chiefs have been totally wrong done about some false false flag or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm relishing this time. I really am. Just a few things to point out in the game, which, uh, like I said, we were not going to go totally into, but uh, <laughs> you are. I feel like you're missing out probably the biggest story from Sunday. What's that, the win? <laughs> no, the, the Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's injury. Like, oh man, I freaked out. I, I thought the season was over. Yeah. Genuinely. I freaked out. I was watching it and I tw- even tweeted saying this season can get in the bin like straight away because losing Kelsey would be like doomsday scenario for this team. Like, disastrous yeah completely like considering how much we rely on him i think this year more than most we're probably going to rely on him a heck of a lot and if he had gone down like I, let's be honest i thought he'd done his achilles first thing i thought I he's his achilles said the same thing because Not he, that i'm a doctor but he just pointed didn't he he pointed yeah. at his, his heel and i just thought oh gosh this is it and he's oh. done and we everyone was going to talk about turf monsters and all this stuff and and his body language just said to me, or said to everyone, that this is a guy that's just realised his year's done. Mm. And for him to go in at half time, it's like the Super Bowl when, when Mahomes went down in the Super Bowl yeah. just before half time. Like it was such a like weird experience because I, I, coming out for the second half, you're thinking, well, they're not going to win this game. They're not going to win the Super Bowl because Mahomes is injured and the Eagles are playing too well. Now I thought the Chiefs could get past the Vikings. That wasn't a problem. But I was thinking more like further down the line, thinking if Kelsey is done for the year, 
there's no way in hell this team can win the Super Bowl. No matter how well their d- defense is playing, they just do not have the offense mm. to to be able to cope without him. That's how rely- reliant they are on him. And then he come out uh, the second half, and he's standing on the sideline. You're thinking, all right, okay, he's just like showing up a little bit here. He's gonna, he's just showing winning, thinking he can get through it. And then he come out what in the second drive was it of the of the, the second half? Mm, yeah, and pretty much balled out like it was we have to thank the remarkable stuff because i went from like the lowest of lows the most pissed off i've ever been i've been watching a chiefs game in years to like really freaking high seeing this guy back on the field it's just what it did do though before i let you talk sorry what it did do it made me realize how much we really need to appreciate this man whilst he's still here um because He's 34 years old now, and he may go on to play till he's 40. We might still be thinking, oh, he's in a few years' time, he's still playing on. He still might be having back to 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 back thousand yard season. That he may be that guy. But there's also this realization that at his age, he probably is one major injury away from retirement mm. or not being the same player he's always been. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the moment with the sports stars, but I think like we do need to appreciate what this guy has been for this team, where this yeah. guy continues to be, and his legacy that he's had not only in Kansas City but on the position as a whole. He's mm. completely changed the position, and I do feel like we just need to take a moment and just realize actually, Travis Kelsey, he's that dude. We're we're unbelievably lucky to have him in town. Yeah, it's almost like having Mr. Miyagi on the sidelines, wasn't it? it the, last, the last couple of seasons where, you know, Mahomes went in at halftime with hobbling, came out and won another Super Bowl. And yet we've got Travis Kelsey who we think, oh my God, that's it. The Achilles yeah. is gone because yeah. I saw it as well. I saw him pointing in the back of his heel and when he went down, he looked as though he didn't have any push off at all, did he, with his leg? Yeah. And I thought, that's it, it's gone. It's yeah. gone. That's it, it's over with. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just accounting it to whoever is in that medical team. Yeah. It's those Pfizer injections, mate. I um, (laughs) I can't remember which one I had now. Uh, Was it Moderna? I don't know. I can't remember what Uh, I had. I don't know. I I had something. I don't know what it was. You see Aaron Rodgers is starting to try to start. I saw that, yeah. Isn't he? He's a complete arse, isn't he? Just a few weeks ago, I sat here and said how much I enjoyed Hard Knocks version of Aaron Rodgers. And I yeah. still maintain that I enjoyed the Hard Knocks version of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. But soon, very soon after, he has reminded me why I only enjoy the Hard Knocks version of Aaron Rodgers. It's when he's got time on his hands. I think that's yeah. what it is. When he has to think about actual life outside of football, yeah. it becomes an absolute arse. Yeah. And I he, think... He, he just loves this. Like this is rich coming from people who podcast, but he just loves the sound of his own voice. <laughs> he really does, and like you can guarantee. I saw a tweet earlier, and I can't remember who who posted it, but it was great. It's, it basically quote tweeted the McAfee thing with Rogers, and it said, oh, "Aaron Rodgers definitely thinks he's the smartest person in the room." And then yes. someone underneath it put, "Well, he's sitting on his own." <laughs> <laughs> but just but to actually call out. Kelsey again, because I mean, they they mentioned it to Kelsey during the press conference, didn't yeah. they? Like, um, and they called him Mr. Pfizer and that, and he had a bit of a laugh with it, Travis, didn't he? He was like, yeah, 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 fair Tongue one. Cheek. Yeah. I kind of looked like him when I Mr. Pfizer with this tash on and a ha ha, you know, that kind of stuff. And I thought, that's it, right? Great, draw the line under it, lads. That's it. 
we've had a bit of fun with it. But then he's come out now, Aaron Rodgers, and said that he wants to have a debate with Travis Kelsey. You're footballers, for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. What do you want to be having some kind of political debate about whether it's right or wrong to have a blooming vaccine? Yeah, just... I, I just don't get it. I, I just don't get what he's where his mind's at right now. I, like I said, I think he's just got a lot of time on his hands, and he's thinking, "What can I? What can I stir up this time?" Imagine having that much money and oh, opportunity, man. and wasting your time with that. He must have enough money for a PS5 or an Xbox. <laughs> must he? Should we, start, should we start a crowdfund? The Great British Truth Show tries to get Aaron Rodgers an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get him an Xbox. Get off the airwaves, man. We should absolutely start that crowdfund. Steve, can you make it happen, please, bro? <laughs> Present it to him. Oh, imagine the blog underneath it would be amazing. Us at Arrowhead Pride believes that Aaron Rodgers has too much time on his hands. Let's so, give him an Xbox. Let's give him an Xbox. Or send him a SNES or something like that. I don't know. SNES. Oh, they were good. They were really good. In fact, I've actually downloaded Street Fighter 2 recently for the what, Switch. What, what was the game Rip. that you had on Game Boy with Dr. Dr. Wario with the tablets that you had to, like, the, oh. the pharmaceuticals? <laughs> you should get in that game. That's a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or Theme Hospital or something. Yeah. <laughs> Go and build your own little world, Aaron. Go Operation, on. the board game. <laughs> <It's just> a... <laughs> we are really sidetracking on this podcast, yeah, mate. We really <laughs> It's fine. It's what we get paid for. Um, just sticking on with the uh, the Kelsey thing. That I mean, that that play with Mahomes, where he looked as though oh. it, it was like it was almost like a basketball cross court kind of pass, oh. wasn't it? And that he threw. The vision was just unreal for me. Completely on the same wavelength, those yeah. two laps, aren't they? I, I think if you could like the, obviously there's that famous play where they broke down and you've got the mic'd up from it where Kelsey Adlid went one way and he's like I didn't know you if you were going to see that famous I can't remember what game yeah. a couple of years ago I went that way and I went I know you did <laughs> yeah yeah that one so, so that was a famous one but yeah I think that play was pretty much on par with it it was just unreal like I was convinced my homes was going to run and then I thought we were going to get laid out, to be honest. He's, peri- he's like peripheral vision. Peripheral vision. Yeah. Peripheral. He's like bloody Cyclops, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just, yeah, just completely has a... yeah, yeah. Not Cyclops, Robocop. <laughs> his vision, <laughs> isn't he? Like, you're alive, you're coming with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just one more thing on Kelsey. Taylor Swift thing, right? So do you know what my brother oh, said God, to me today? We're getting past this. <laughs> My brother doesn't follow the NFL at all, but he actually asked me today. He went, "Tom, is um Taylor Swift's boyfriend any good?" <laughs> Nobody said what at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said to me today. He said, "Wow, Taylor Swift's boyfriend." Wow. So the Chiefs. No, your brother really doesn't know anything about the Chiefs, does he? He's not really in your world, is he? No, I no. think it's the first Chiefs-related question he's ever asked me. Is it? Well, hey, yeah. tell you what, there you go. There's the exposure that we're getting now, isn't it, to these other other people yeah. in the world that aren't really all fair with Chiefs football. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose that's a good thing. We've got to look at it and embrace it. I'm at Tottenham on Sunday for the um, NFL game between the Ravens and the Titans. Oh yeah. May before between now and Sunday, try and fast track a Taylor Swift t-shirt and wear that to the to the game. Just to uh, see the reaction because I know that the British NFL fans, because in general, they're really like gatekeeper y. Like, oh, yeah. you can't like my sport. This is my sport. This is my niche thing that I yeah. enjoy. You can't like NFL as well. That's typically what a lot of American football fans are like over here. Uh, they will hate it if I rock up in a Taylor Swift t shirt. So, yeah. 
<laughs> I might get Amy to wear my Travis Kelsey jersey yeah. and me to wear my Taylor Swift t-shirt. That's <laughs> my work. <laughs> Hey, do you know what I was actually planning for Germany? You're talking about like, you know, these like funny, funny little cliches that we're getting at the moment yeah. with the Chiefs. I was actually going to take to Germany uh, a nice briefcase with some dollars hanging out of the side of it, you know, like it'd been stuffed full of dollars and have a referee walk around with us somewhere. <laughs> get one of the lads to dress up as a referee. I, I thought that would be fun. Oh, walking I, into I bars don't think people will get it. I don't <laughs> think people will get it. You're just more likely to get stopped by German police. <laughs> Are you well, see Casey Wood? <laughs> Yes, he was. Yes, he Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a really bad. I really apologise to all of the German listeners there. Yeah. Uh, a very, very bad impression there. But, um, but yeah. Um, so I didn't was... hear you apologising for the uh, American woman uh, uh, impersonation a few weeks ago. <laughs> oh, the Swifty. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I got, I got called out as that was being the best Swifty impression ever. That. There we go. <laughs> anyway, should we get a break? Yeah. Right, when we come back, we'll be doing the Arrowhead Pride Power Rankings and we'll be previewing the Broncos versus the Chiefs. Hi there, welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. Tom, Tom, what are you doing? I'm just looking at Travis Kelsey and Taylor, t- uh, Taylor Twift? Taylor, Taylor Swift Twift. t-shirts. <laughs> Taylor Twift t-shirts. Taylor Swift t-shirts. Um, there are so many online. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about people trying to capitalize on a on a good thing right there's 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 kelsey swift like um t-shirts in like this style of um presidential campaign t-shirts there's there's a t-shirt as a t-shirt which is replaced the casey and in the badge and put ts uh, <laughs> there's even a t-shirt online that's literally says the ghetto car and it's that photo of them two in the, that that convertible <laughs> after the chiefs game a couple of weeks ago like there are so many t-shirts here. Wow, he's taking over, just, hasn't he? I just might, you know what? I might just wear a Taylor Swift and Kelsey themed t-shirt every single day whilst we're in Germany. <laughs> just see how many I can buy. I just go full on Taylor Swift and Kelsey. Like, wow. It'd be, be crap when they break up, which most likely will happen. He'll be a lyric one day, won't he? Um, but yeah. Um, hey, we don't want, it, we've already got the NFL fan bases hating us. We don't want the Swifties hating us as well. Yeah, true. God. Um, but yeah, but continue with the podcast. I'm going to carry on shopping. <laughs> right, right on, mate. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> well, this is your part, actually. This is the power, the oh. AP power rankings. Oh, okay. Check me back in. I'm back <laughs> in coach. Them this week. <laughs> I'm back in coach. Um, so yeah, the, the, the power rankings this week, not much change. Well, actually, I suppose if you, I suppose there's been a bit of change with the top five. Um, number one, San Francisco 49ers still. Um, they I look think awesome. I'm, I'm running out of superlatives to for that team. Yeah. Uh, they're phenomenal. They really are. Um, I'm a firm believer that health is going to be the only thing that can stop them from winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Um, second, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, not a lot to say about them. They just handled their business. Like the Rams could have been a tough game, but they always kept them at arm's length. So yeah, mm. they played third. The Chiefs have moved up from fourth. Um, not overly impressive, I don't think, on the grand scheme of things. I don't think the Chiefs have been like outworldly. No, but they're winning games, so it's actually is there too much to complain about? Bill Belichick always goes on about how the season starts after Thanksgiving, and I know we have our issues, but we also have a bit of time to sort them out as well. So if if we're having issues but still winning games, then I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So yeah, Chiefs are third, fourth the Miami Dolphins. 
that Devon a chain injury is a problem Ooh. for them. Well, yes. not a problem because they've still got a lot of speed, and I, I imagine they're still going to have a great offense. But he's been electric, and there's a chance now that he's going to miss the game against the Chiefs in Frankfurt. Really. Oh. sucks for them but it's a win for us yeah. and in fifth the Bills dropped down from two places uh, dropped down two places from third rather um, there were a lot of Bills fans in London on Sunday a you lot know what? seeing Bills it fans. on the TV yeah. you could you could really hear them as well like I think that's probably the best any team's ever done at like decking out a stadium to make it yeah. look like their own Um because that's all that's often my bugbear with the international games is that you look at the stadium and you think actually it just doesn't look like it's meant to be a home game. There's too much like yeah. there's too much neutral going on. Um the Jags I don't feel like do a very good job of decking out Wembley Stadium to make it look like it's a Jags home game. Yeah. I think it might be the coloured seats that doesn't help because at Wembley you always see the red seats as well. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's more favoured to a team that wears red like the Chiefs. But um, the Bills and especially games at the Tottenham, they are always full. There's never really any empty seats. So the stands always look full. And then they do such a good job with the rest of it as well. Yeah. And it did look like a Bills home game. So I think that part of the experience the Bills would be happy with. But their performance, on the other hand, wasn't particularly great. Like to lose to the Jags, who have had an up and down start to the season, wasn't the best. I do think there was a lot to be said about the preparation time for the two teams. Yeah. The fact that Jags had two weeks in London would have made a difference. I do believe that. And the Bills didn't give themselves enough time. Even though the Ravens, for example, are already in London because Mm. what they did last time when they come to London, they come over on the Friday, gave themselves 36 hours essentially to acclimatise to the time zones. That's bad, isn't it? And then they got absolutely bad. I think they lost like 56 nil or something like that to the yeah. to the Jags or whatever it was in Wembley. So they've gone for a different approach. And I do feel like teams will start to take a longer week approach, especially if they're playing teams that have been there and done that, like the Jags, then they may take a, that sort of approach, which I suppose we'll find out with a few weeks' time for the Chiefs when they, when they play in Germany. Because when they yeah. played in London in 2015, they had no issues. They flew over on the Friday and they played the game on the Sunday and absolutely battered. The, the Lions, but that was at a point when the games in London kicked off a little bit later. They kicked off in the evening over here, so it was like six o'clock by the time the game kicked off over here in London. Now they kick off a lot earlier in European times. You're talking half one, half two in the afternoon, and that few hours will make a difference if you've only given yourself 36 hours in the first place to travel. So I am intrigued to see what the Chiefs do. Andy Reid always says he likes tradition. This is how he likes to do things. He wants to keep it that way. But with the Chiefs being the home market in Germany. And if you've got the worry of the travel as well, I do think the Chiefs will be in Frankfurt a little bit earlier than they were in London. A bit further to go as well, actually, to Germany. Yeah, a bit slightly further, so, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, cellar dwellers, mate, who's at the bottom? Is it the Bears? No, Still? the Bears moved up. The Bears oh, moved really? up after their victory. Um, Carolina Panthers are 32nd. Wow. Which the Bears will like because they've got their pick next year. So, um, <laughs> yeah, the Bears will enjoy that. And uh, Denver Broncos, this week's opponent, and 31st. Um, the nice. keeps moving down. You'll be pleased with this. Bill Belichick and his Patriots keep slipping down. The down to 29th now. Oh, that empire is well and truly over, isn't it? So anyway, Broncos at the Chiefs. The Broncos are not in a good position right now. Um, there's a lot of chatter going on at the minute. And obviously, they seem to be in the mindset of tanking this time. Actually tanking, not what I was saying last week about the Vikings possibly tanking at the beginning of the season. But the Broncos... 
getting rid of Randy Gregory at the start of the week. And it looks as though they're trying to shop Frank Clark as well. So are they in this mindset now of tanking? Do you think this is this is pretty much Denver's season over with already after week five? I think the season's over with from a playoff standpoint. Yeah. I don't think they can possibly win a game, as many games as they need to to make the playoffs between now and the end of the season. But I don't buy that they're tanking. No team's ever going to admit to tanking. No. I just can't imagine that the people involved heavily in what would lead to a tanking would agree with it. Like, yeah. I can't imagine that Sean Payton is going to sit there and go, yeah, I've waited years to come back and I'm going to come back on my first year and I'm going to get a losing record. Like, well, I mean, if he's going to think of the opinion that he needs to get to a team to tank and then grab the best callback in the draft, whether that's Caleb Williams or whatever, mm. then why not wait until a year there's a team where a job becomes available that's got the first overall pick on a year that you really want the draft? I don't see the yeah. point. I don't see the point in coming to Denver a year earlier to then just go out and actively try and lose games. I don't, I don't. And same with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Like he, that man has a massive ego mm. and well, Sean Payton does as well. Quite sake, they made a <laughs> film about Sean Payton. On Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah. Like he, he signed off on that. Remember? So he clearly has an ego as well. And I can't, I just, I can't, cannot get behind the tank and get around Gregory getting rid of him fine he wasn't producing he was expensive and wasn't performing i kind of get that are they actually shopping frank clark we don't actually know if they are if they are then brett Veach, please don't get involved in that we don't we don't need that yeah and it's yeah, yeah. really really cheap but um i'm i'm not i'm not on board with this oh the broncos are tanking i just think they're f***ing awful that's what I think about the Broncos. Excuse my French. Sorry, I've sworn far too much in this podcast tonight. But <laughs> I just think they are a terrible, terrible team. I think they are talent poor. Yeah. I think they aren't very well coached. I don't think the ownership, although they've got a new ownership group, but I don't think the ownership group and the GM and the 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 quarterback and the the coach are all pulling in the same direction as say like the Chiefs are. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it's easy to compare teams to the Chiefs because the Chiefs are like the gold standard for that currently. But I just don't feel like there's any real direction for the Broncos. And I don't feel like they have any personnel or any talent that can put them up in the upper echelons. They, whilst they might not be tanking directly, they may be tanking indirectly, but that's only because they're incompetent, not because they want to. Yeah, I think... You're right in the respect that obviously Sean Payton obviously is not one of the kind of head coaches that really wants to have a losing record on his on his you know on his record, but things can change pretty quickly in the NFL, can't they? He's probably gone into this thinking, yeah, I can absolutely make the Broncos great again. I can absolutely change this team around because they've got like the you know they've got the Jerry Judys, they've got the Cortland Suttons, they've got the you know a shiny quarterback in Russell Wilson, but. After a few weeks, I've had his thought, this team is shit. <laughs> this team is I need to clear the decks. I need to get rid of the dross. I need to get myself my own quarterback, a young quarterback, and I'm going to get him from the draft. And I think what I'm going to start doing now is clearing everything out. I mean, there's apparently there's been rumblings in the, in the locker room already. This is just rumours, obviously, but apparently there's rumblings in the locker room saying that you know they don't know what position group is going to be next on the chopping block with Sean Payton. So I think he's just taking this approach of basically just pulling the plug on everything and just going, right, that's it. We need to hit a reset. 
it's perfect year to do it because the apparently the quarterback class is is pretty fire this year, isn't it as well? Yeah. So exactly. I think this is probably Sean Payton going. Do you know what? This would be great if I could just clear the decks now, turn it around, and make that and build this legacy team. It, it, it's all about legacies with these people, isn't it? Building a legacy, building this, you know, starting getting a team from from right down in the doldrums right into like the the you know the next superpower kind of thing. So I think he's really taken that difficult decision to go, let's just clear the decks. I've had enough of this. Yeah, but on the other side of that, what makes a great coach, in my opinion, uh, make what makes a great coach is the ability to get the best out of what you have. Yeah. Not necessarily. I think he thought he could get that out of Russell. Getting Wilson. the best players and making them, keeping them great. Yeah. Like, that's not necessarily a great, like, it's the whole Pep Guardiola, uh, Pep Guardiola uh, argument, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone doubts Pep Guardiola as a, as a manager, as a football coach, because he's always had the best players yeah. around him. And so he's had Messi, he's had Bayern Munich, he's had, Man City and their millions. So he's always had the best players in the world accessible to him. And like he makes those like those those players are great and he does make them better. I do get I do understand that. I I'm not so blinkered to him to his success to think that's not true. But if I had to weigh him up versus Alex Ferguson, for example, yeah. the legendary Manchester United coach, I will always say that Alex Ferguson was a better coach than Pep Guardiola because Alex Ferguson made average looking players look bloody incredible. He had Darren Fletcher running a Man United midfield and winning league titles. He, he <laughs> like you have to look at some of the really bad players that Man United have had. And if they were elsewhere, would have come to absolutely nothing. But it was him that got the best out of play- average players. And you only have to look at like the Andy Reid versus. Sean Payton thing. Sean Payton has Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutland, all these great receivers. He has a quarterback that's supposedly meant to be very good. Yeah. And he can't get the best out of them. But you look at Andy Reid, he loses Tyree Kill and he goes and wins a Super Bowl with Juju <laughs> Smith Schuster. Yeah. And McCole Hardman and Justin Watson and Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Like the receiver group of last year in Kansas City are nowhere near as talented as the receiver group in Denver. Yeah. But one coach has managed to get the best out of his players and taking a game up a level, while the other coach is completely just destroying his opportunity of having a good season. So I don't like it's it's easy opt out for Sean Payton to sit and say, "Oh, we're going to get rid of all these players, and we're going to I'm going to try and build this, this new team around this new shiny new quarterback, and I'm going to all get these new young players that will go high in the draft, and they're going to be great." Mm. But for me, a sign of a great coach is getting the best out of what you currently have. Yeah. And I, although I think they're talent poor, I do feel like they're underperformed. Like the Denver Broncos through five games have the worst defense over DVOA ever recorded, ever recorded. They've allowed for something stupid, like 720 rush yards in the last three or four games or something like that. Now yeah. I know that like 400 of them or whatever come against the, the Dolphins, like a ridiculous amount come against the Dolphins. But even still, how many other teams are conceding 70 points and 300 yards on the ground or 400 yards on the ground to a team? No one. We've not seen it happen. It doesn't happen. This team are historically bad. But they weren't that bad last year. These players weren't that bad last year. Mm. So why are they that bad now? And it has to be coaching. It has to be coaching. It has to be. It's got to be because the coaching has to be off. Otherwise, this team wouldn't be as bad as they are. 
Now, I'm very, very aware that the Chiefs Broncos games can get really weird. We've seen it in the past. We're oh, like, God, we've yeah. seen like Vance Joseph has some success against Mahomes. We've like Mahomes typically outside of a couple of games, a struggle against the Broncos. And so it wouldn't surprise me if it gets to Thursday night and the Broncos all of a sudden found form on Thursday night and they managed to stop the run and they managed to have, have some success against the Chiefs receivers. But at the same time, it also would not surprise me if the Chiefs just run down the throats of the Denver Broncos as well, because that's how bad talent poor and badly coached this team is right now. They are historically bad defensively. Yeah. Uh, 32nd overall in rushing defense. Checo's I mean, going to eat, isn't he? He's going to feed. He's got to. Feed like, off that defense. With his running style as well, as, as aggressive as he is, like, I find it funny with Pacheco because someone pointed out a couple of weeks ago and I just thought, it's perfect. He does not waste a step. There is it, not a single wasted movement with Isaiah Pacheco. He pounds through the uh, through each step, doesn't he? He makes yeah, sure that it's everything like happens. Every single step that he has, has a purpose to it. Yeah. He's not just moving for the sake of moving. He's not like grind, dr- driving his feet for the sake of driving his feet. He is running with purpose. And if you're a bad rush defense, a running back like Isaiah Pacheco must scare the living daylights out of you. Yeah. Do you know what? I think Isaiah Pacheco, every time I watch him, right, I, I he has this this thing that he does. Every time he every time he rushes, he eventually gets stopped by the defense and he gets up and he moves a good three, four yards further up the field. He leaves the ball behind, but he moves three, four yards further up. And it's almost like this mindset of him going, I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. Got to keep going. And I see it all the time on him. He's never, he never gets up and just like, all right, I'm just going to pass the ball over to the referee and just walk back to where I, you know, line up again. He does this three or four step thing where he carries on forward it's so strange but it works for him clearly because i think he's just thinking right next time i'm going to get that next three or four steps further just to get that extra Mm -hmm. yard or two that's going to really kind of put us into the first down and he's amazing to watch i love watching him yes he's he's incredibly fun to watch and he has a big opportunity on thursday because he obviously had his big what i would call his breakout game last sunday against the jets and that was prime time if he does it again in prime time like i I get it it's against the broncos bad defense but we talked about a chain for the uh, Dolphins. His breakout game was against the the Broncos as well. No one really knew who he was before that game. Yeah. And so if he can have like a, a big 100, 125, 150 yards on the ground uh, on Thursday night, then I think there's going to a lot of people are going to stand up and take notice of Pacheco, of his running style, and start to think, actually, have the Chiefs actually finally found their running back that they've been craving since Kareem Hunt obviously departed in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's not only the rushing yards either. It's uh, it's the passing defense that's also having issues. Twenty ninth overall passing defense for the for the Broncos, which I mean, if you're going to be right down the bottom of twenty ninth and thirty second in both of those areas, yeah, you've got nothing going for you, have you? You've got not you've got no chance. Even if you've got like probably the world's best offense, you're still going to struggle in games with that kind of defense. Yeah, even though Chiefs in when 2018 their defense wasn't that bad, and yeah. um. And the Chiefs' defense was bad, and they needed like an all-time offense to overcome it. So, yeah, I'm surprised they've won a game. To be honest, <laughs> I'm, I'm really surprised they've won a game with that defense. I'd be interested to know the stats, and obviously, you can't do this because they played that game. Yeah. But I'd, I'd interested to know how much that one game against the Dolphins influences all of the stats. 
Um, because well, I assume you, there you is take that, that game yeah. out. You, and it was an extremely bad day at the office, but at the end of the day, they did play that game. Points um, allowed. <laughs> yeah, but if you, t- if you took that one game out, I wonder how bad they actually are compared to the rest of the teams if you took that one fixture out. Well, I mean, looking at the previous games, I mean, they, they've, they've been around about one score away, apart from obviously the last game against the Jets. I mean, they beat the Bears, didn't they? And that was only by a few points, three three points, something like that. Yeah. Um, and the Commanders, they lost to the Commanders by two points. Um, they lost to the Raiders by a point. Yeah. So, and, and the only real blowout was obviously that, <laughs> that really kind of speedy offense from the from the Dolphins in that 70-20 game. So you're right. I mean, maybe that the, for the points allowed rankings, yeah. it's probably skewed it quite a bit and it's it, it hasn't done them any favors for sure. But but I just want to look at the other side of the ball because the offense. Now you would think that obviously a, a Russell, Russell Wilson led offense as he played last year. I mean, he was he's terrible last year. You'd think that this offense would all be failing because of Russell Wilson. But when you look at the stats and you look at the the overall rankings of Russell Wilson this year, I mean, QBR rating so far after week five, fourth best overall. Fourth best. And it gets even better for that as well. I mean, he's joined second in TDs this season with 11. Mahomes is joined third. So Russell Wilson's, he's up there. He's trying to make things happen, yeah. but something is letting him down. And and it probably goes back to what you said before about the coaching. The coaching might just be, not be scheming him up properly enough, or it might be just the fact that the, the defense is really, really letting him down. I just, I can't put my finger on why he's doing so well so far. I mean, he's only thrown two, two interceptions so far this season as well. Is it so, is it not the the situations that the defense is putting the offense? It in probably the first is. Place? Like mm. we all know that traditionally, if teams are down big, they tend to come out passing, and that's where you can get garbage time stats. Like you know what I mean? You get quarterbacks that can whose overall play can look better because of the situation they've actually been in. But I'd love to know what he's doing early on in the games. Maybe we should have looked at that beforehand. But fourth QBR. Fourth and touchdown, second and touchdowns. It means he is playing better than he did last year. I do remember the game last year. In fact, they were awful, and then yeah. it all come to life against the Chiefs. Like I think the Chiefs were up massively early mm. on in that game, and then how many times have we heard that? That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the Broncos amounted a comeback, and they ended up only losing that game 34-28, if I remember rightly. That was the famous game with Jarrett McKinnon, Patrick Mahomes has done that little oh, double yes. pass down the yeah. sideline. So yeah. Um, I think this is a weird matchup. I do. I, I I think that anything can happen. It's a divisional game. Russell Wilson could play well. The Denver defense could turn it around, could have an up, uh, an upturn. And obviously, you've got obviously the problem with the Chiefs who tend to do stupid stuff every now and then and just put ourselves in situations where we shouldn't really be. And we saw it against the Jets. We saw it a little bit against the Vikings. We've seen it against the Jags as well. Like mm. Maybe that will happen where the Chiefs just kind of go, oh, get a bit bored, a bit complacent. And that allows the Broncos in. So I don't expect this to be the blowout that a lot of people are predicting. I'm not lying. I think we'll we talk predictions in a second. <laughs> yeah, we will. I mean, just before we get on to the predictions as well, I mean, they, they have got this new running back, which uh, I wanted to kind of discuss as well, because uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, um, the running back for the Broncos, his, uh, he seems to have been really kind of shoehorned himself as one of the main starters in this team because he's he's doing really well on uh, fantasy points for me now, which is good. I mean, nobody wants to hear about my fantasy okay. team, but no one cares. But uh, McLaughlin, he's they don't they don't do, it's not just a running back 
where it's just rushing and he's, he's scoring rushing touchdowns. It's it's the fact that they're using him in the receiving game as well, and he's he's being quite productive. I mean, he's undrafted, um, and he seems to have found uh, a bit of a niche in this in this Broncos offense, mm. which. That's obviously going to help out Russell Wilson. It's going to help out this offense a lot more, especially if they've got another receiving threat there. I mean, he's got two touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns in the last two weeks, which, um, I mean, it's great for him. Of course, you know, because he's in your fantasy team. Because he's in my fantasy team. And every time (laughs) he scores one, I I mean, my fantasy team is this year. It really is. But um, yeah, it's... uh, it, it's good seeing uh, an undrafted player like that. They seem to do really well with undrafted free agent running backs, don't they? Yeah, they do, don't they? Is it Philip Lindsay? Philip last Lindsay time? as well. Yeah, yeah another one. So, uh, it's funny you mentioned him actually because um, not Philip Lindsay, um, because I've just completed five questions with Mile High Report and they brought oh. they brought him up as a bright spot of the season. Um, they tore into their own team, but yeah, he was a bright spot of the season so far. So yeah, maybe one to watch, but. His Chiefs defense has been pretty good this year, so it has been pretty damn good, especially against the run. Um, so uh, actually, we haven't really called out the defense at all with how well they played against in the in the last game. They were phenomenal in the last game, I thought, against the Vikings, especially yeah, locking down Jeff- Jefferson. Jesus, right. Justin Jefferson's injury had nothing to do with his lack of a production. Like no. that was too late in the game. They were phenomenal. Legere yeah. Sneed was outstanding on Sunday night, and uh, we haven't paid him yet. And they're, they're, they're cause themselves a, a few issues here. Like we're getting into the realms where they're going to get priced out of the Jerry Sneed because yeah. he is having a phenomenal season so far. And if he keeps this up, he is going to get a lot of money come the off season. Maybe he's a potential uh, tag and trade type of guy for, for the Chiefs if they're not going to go that route with Chris Jones. Um, maybe that's yeah. where they have to go with the Jerry Sneed. But that man is playing so well. And for them to do the number on Justin Jefferson that they did yeah. completely surprised me. I I I was I was thinking about how can the Chiefs win that game whilst also allowing for Justin Jefferson to have 150 and a touchdown. That's yeah. what how that's what I thought the game was going to go like. But the Chiefs managed to just nullify him completely and they were they were brilliant. They really were. That that secondary is turning into one of the best, if not the best, group in the NFL right now. Yeah. Uh, just a quick mention on the, again, on the um, Broncos defense, uh, where the sacks are coming from are pretty much from the outside linebackers, uh, Benito and Cooper. So um, something to look out for for the O-line. There's a top tip for the O-line from Brad Simcox. There you go. There you go. Have, um, you, got, have you got a, a scary stat of the week this week? I haven't. I did actually start writing one and then I thought, Do you know what? It's not that bad at all because um, I think it, it was something like the 20, 29th. The Chiefs are 29th in return yards or something like that. I was very thin on the ground with a lot of these, um, you know, worried yeah. start of the week. But um, sounds like a rage. Yeah, I then figured out that when I saw the 49ers were 32nd, I thought, ah, fair one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not harming that much, is it? Yeah. So, you know, um, it wasn't something to be worried about. So, uh, right, predictions. I'm going to go first this week and I'm going to go Chiefs 45, Broncos 10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I clearly haven't watched the other Chiefs Broncos games ever. No. <laughs> okay. So you're basically establishing that Andy Reid does not like Sean Payton. Yes. Okay. Right. Is there a history there between them two? I can't think of any. Is there, I can't recall. I don't know. He's not part of his coaching tree or anything. It's yeah. Hackett though. Is Hackett part of his coaching tree? No, he's not, is he? No, he's not. So So he's not got anything, any vendetta there either. No. And Andy no, Reid's a nice guy. They're not well, going to 
score 45 no, against him. I'm actually gone a lot closer. A lot closer. I think 23 20. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I hope they blow them out. I hope they get to 35 points, but there's something weird about this matchup. Something weird about Mahomes playing Denver in our ahead. Mm. It always is. Like he has the odd, he's had the odd game where he's done well. But I was it a couple of years ago where they were in it far too long the Broncos on a Monday night football or a Sunday night oh, football. God, yeah. Yeah, hanging around like just, a bad smell, I, wouldn't they? I don't know. It's just something weird about the Chiefs versus the Broncos at Arrowhead. It just I, I don't know. But I've I think the Chiefs will win and I think the streak continues, but I think it's gonna be a much closer game than many expect. Especially if Kelsey doesn't play. I don't think he'll see it himself. I no. um, I think it will be a decision they make on the on the evening. Yeah. I think it'll be a late fitness test for him to see if he can go. Um no a great season. Just while we're on predictions, I was quite close to my prediction last week. Were you? Yeah, I think was it twenty one twenty or something I said? Or something along those lines. So it wasn't that far off. Twenty seven twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, right then, let's get out of here. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Remember to stick around on the Hour Ahead Pride Podcast Network for more content from the team. And if you haven't done so already, please leave a review for us uh, to read out on the next show, which would be great. I'd love to read out another one of those. You can also check out the daily news articles on our website, ourheadpride.com. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon. Plot 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.